0: Amen. I read a true story not long ago about a U.S. United States uh, well, American missionary in Russia. Back when the church was underground. And they had to meet secretly because their life was at stake, literally. And he went on to tell about this one night that they had gathered to meet. And two Russian soldiers burst through the doors with their rifles in hand, full uniform. They said, I'm going to give you one chance and one chance only. To escape with your life, deny Jesus and leave. Some left, some stayed. When the last one that was leaving left and the door closed... They put their rifles down and they said, now, let's worship God. I didn't want to worship with hypocrites. I didn't want to worship with hypocrites. America, the word of God says make your calling and election sure. If there's ever been a time in history where we need to do that, it's now. I believe this thing is winding up I'm not an alarmist I'm not a scare tactic preacher but from the signs of the time we need to be looking up for our redemption draweth nigh I want you to understand something and I'm not a theologian nor am I a revelation expert but I want to call to something to your attention very commonly in the church world Christians equate two separate events as one event. The catching away or the rapture of the church is a distinctly different event than the second coming of the Lord. You do understand that. I want you to know that based on what I read and what I interpret the Bible, there are no prophecies left to be fulfilled that I know of before The church could be raptured out of here. There are things that have to take place, yes, before the second coming of the Lord. When he will personally chain up the devil and all hell will break loose and things are going to really get bad. You think it's bad now, you wait till then. What I want to do tonight is encourage you in the beginning of this year. To make your calling and election sure. We talked about last week uh, the old man being behind us and being a new creature and not allowing those things from the past to hold you back and to weight you down. But to instead position yourself to be victorious. We have to remind ourselves that the devil is on a mission. And the word of God tells us very clearly what it is. He's come to steal To kill and to destroy. He's the tormentor. He's the accuser of the brethren. He wants to come and beat you up. He wants to make you feel like you're worthless. That you have nothing to contribute. That you're just no more valuable than a grain of sand. When Jesus says quite the opposite. You're precious in his sight. He's come to give life. He's come to give it more abundantly. He's come to give us a victorious, overcoming life. So why is it so often we find ourselves being the devil's punching bag? Why is that? We don't have to allow it. But we do. And it's time to call brothers and sisters in the Lord to step up and step forward in the might and in the power of the Spirit of God, armed with the Word of God, to not back up, not tremble, not be afraid of what life brings or what the devil may bring, but recognize the fact that you are a soldier in the army of God. You've been commissioned, given authority, given power, given everything that you need in the name of Jesus with the spirit living in you and equipped with the word of God to be victorious. So stop being beat up. Stop allowing the devil to do to you what you've been allowing him to do. It's time you get some careful now it's time you get some spiritual fortitude and not be arrogant not be full of pride but to recognize that he's called me don't how quick we are to just religiously and flippantly say oh greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world When it's a truth that we don't even believe. When we're so quick to just throw it out there that I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Why don't you act like it? This is not a beat you up time. This is early in the year of 2019 to say, wake up church. Scripture says in Joel, I believe chapter two, it says, blow ye the trumpet in Zion. That's the church. Sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all of the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord is at hand. I want you to know this, that never before has it been more true than right now. Repent for the day of the Lord is at hand. Change course, turn around, Go a different direction. Look up. Your redemption draweth nigh. How many of you? Well, I ain't going to put you on the spot. If you watch much football, at the end of the third quarter, when they start the fourth quarter, what do all the guys down on the field do? What does that mean? You have no idea, huh? That means it's one, two, three, four. Fourth quarter, the last quarter... We're going to wear our opponent down. We're going to own this quarter, and we're going to win this game. So, church, it's fourth quarter. It's time for us to take the ball, which is the word of God. I'm going to use that analogy. And it's time for us to go score. It's time for us to ram this thing down the devil's throat. It's time for us to step up and put the lord on the spot Mhm, chew on that a minute. And I'm not saying that disrespectfully in the least because listen, if you're full of the spirit of God and if you have discernment, you're not going to just pop off. You're going to know when to be quiet. You're going to know when to speak. You're going to know when to embrace. You're going to know when to refrain from embracing. And what I'm saying by this is when the Spirit of the Lord moves upon you to speak His Word, speak it. It's not your reputation that's on the line. It's His. It's not your Word. It's His. And might I remind you that He watches over His Word to perform it. Listen, this is not just ink on paper. This is the infallible anointed word of God. He speaks his word, things happen. You want to know what happens? Exactly what he spoke. And it's time that we recognize when we're to speak and what to speak. And to not be afraid nor ashamed to step out on the word of God and trust him to do what you can't. I believe just like Kelly sang a while ago, are you ready for what God can do? I want you to know what God can do. He can do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask or even think. Is there anything too hard or difficult with the Lord? No. We've got to recognize and remind ourselves and remind one another that he is who he says he is. And he can and he will do what he says he will do. Do you know he is looking for somebody that will let him show up and show out in their life? The eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the whole earth among his people. Looking for someone that will let him show himself mighty and strong on their behalf. I want you to know something. When we don't waver. And when we are obedient to the word of God. You can stake your very life. Because you are. On God doing his part. But unfortunately so many of the church world we don't want to be obedient to what God's word commands of us and requires of us. We just want him to be like a Santa Claus to do what we tell him to do. And there's a big difference in submission and obedience to what he has spoken and trying to boss him around. Don't forget one thing he's God and you're not. I better stay here just a minute. I need to teach on this one I night. Don't, I don't often teach. I'm a preacher, evangelist by gifting. But I need to teach one night on this. You can be in tune with the Spirit of the Lord to such a degree. That you won't even ask anything that's not according to his will. Why is that? Because you'll know what his will is. Now, there are times when according to his word, he says, let our needs and requests be made known unto him. It's perfectly fine to say, Lord, I'd love to have a new truck. Or something of that nature. But to at the same time be willing to embrace what his will for you is at that time. And you can know. And so I want us to understand, we we so oftentimes hear and even quote the scripture if we ask anything in his name, we have what we say. Uh-huh. There again, there's another one of them scriptures that we misapply said that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us when we pray and we have what we say. You see, we've got to get the spiritual lint out of our spiritual ear where we can hear what the Spirit of God says to those who have an ear to hear what the Spirit says. We've got to quit having the fuzzy channel on and we've got to get some clarity. We've got to establish that line between the Lord and yourself so that you don't make mistakes. Another way to not make a mistake is out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word of God be established. I've said this many times to you before and I believe it with all of my heart. If God has spoken something to you and you believe that to be the case, just sit on it. It won't be long to somebody without even knowing it usually sometimes the Lord tells them to come tell you something but usually somebody will say something that will confirm that word to you and the Lord the Spirit will go there it is, there's your confirmation then you can move knowing and expecting it to come to pass now there's a difference in that and and running over and saying hey cat I feel like God told me so and so and so and so what do you think? now I may get her opinion not what God said So if we'll learn to adhere to the scripture that says be quick to hear and slow to speak. You've heard it said before and true it is. That's why he gave us two ears and one mouth. We ought to listen twice as much as we talk. But unfortunately in this generation we do all the talking and expect God to do all the listening. I better move on. I want to talk to you briefly tonight from 1 John chapter 5, 1 through 5. I want to talk about tactics that the devil will use to keep you living in defeat. I want you to be reminded of the fact that the word of God says, and the people that do know their God shall do exploits, great and mighty things. Now let me put some clarity on that. Because great and mighty things oftentimes isn't what we expect or what we think. See, the Word of God says to obey is better than any other sacrifice. Actually, to obey what He says is better than anything else you can do. If you you so much as give a drink of cool water in His name, you have a prophet's reward. So see, sometimes our thinking of greatness is distorted. Some will build. Tremendous businesses and so forth and so on. But you want to be great in the kingdom of God? Be a servant. Be a servant. Be a servant. And obey what he says. Do exploits. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous or hard. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God tactics that the devil will use to try to keep you living in defeat hopefully there are none that fall in this first category and by the way they're not limited to the few that i will talk about tonight it far surpasses those that i'll talk about tonight because the devil's more cunning than any beast of the field he's a sharp sucker and he don't play fair he will sucker punch you he will slip up on your blind side and he'll he'll lay entrapments for you ambushments for you he don't play fair but that's all right. We got something for him. Oh, what was that movie? Nutty Professor. It's a long walk over here, but it's just, you're going to limp back. <laughs> right. You know, devil come. We'll send him limping back. But first thing, is probably one of the great things that's increasing in America is the numbers of people that don't even believe there is a God. There's a special day for them. It's called April Fool's Day. (laughs) But those numbers are growing. People that don't even believe that there is a God. Then next there are those that always want to procrastinate. Put off to some other time. Not only the decision of turning your life over to the Lord and serving the Lord, but to procrastinate the obedience and doing what he's told you to do. Some other time. I don't really feel like it today or I don't have time today or it's not convenient right now. And don't fall into that trap. Don't fall into that tactic of putting off what you know God is speaking to you to do. Thirdly, the devil will give you deluding impressions that what you see is what you get. So many people nowadays walk by sight. And not by faith. When God has clearly told us, don't walk by sight, but walk by faith. You see, when we begin to look at our spiritual walk to begin to be governed by what we're looking at, it can be disheartening. It can cause you to lose focus of who this God is that we serve, of His greatness and His power and His majesty and His love. And his commitment to you and his commitment to his word. Because we're so focused on things and stuff. Don't fall for the trap. Walking by what you see. A few examples of that and I'll hurry through is Moses. Moses being obedient to God. He's leading the children of Israel out of slavery. He's up at the Red Sea. He's cornered up Pharaoh's army behind him. Desert all around him. Red Sea in front of him. Things don't look good. Looks like there's no way out. But there's a wind began to blow. Those waters pushed back. Moses led those children of Israel across on dry ground. I see where there were three Hebrew children. They were commanded to bow down. They wouldn't do it. And They stand before the king and said, we're going to give you another chance. When you hear the music, if you'll bow down, we, we'll, we'll kind of overlook if you're not doing it before. But if you don't, you're going in that fiery furnace. And who is that God that is able to deliver you? That fiery furnace ain't looking real good. But they said our God can And our God will. But even if he don't, we ain't bowing down. So what happened? They went in the fire. I love reading that story. Because to my recollection, this is the first time that Jesus is seen over in the Old Testament. A king, I mean, can you just see how he bounced out of that chair? Hold it, boys. Didn't we cast three men tied up into that fire? Sure did. Well, there's four of them up in there. They loose and walking around. And the fourth is like the Son of God. I want you to understand something. You may have to go through the fire like that song Skeeter sang tonight. God never promised you things wouldn't get hard and difficult and the hill wouldn't be hard to climb. He didn't promise that the cross wouldn't get heavy. But he did promise you if you'll be obedient and faithful and commit to him and to walk it out, that he'll bring you forth just like them without even the smell of smoke on you. Whoa. What about the children of Israel? They come out of slavery and they've crossed the Red Sea and they've come across the desert and they've they've had quail and manna rain down and they've seen miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle and they send 12 spies over there. There's the promised land. Go check it out, boys. Come back and tell us if it's really everything we think it is. They go over there and they come back and 10 of them have a negative report. They go, oh man, yes, yeah, surely there's, there's really great big old grapes and pomegranates and it's a wonderful place, but... There's giants over there. And we, in our own sight, are like grasshoppers. They'll squash us like a bug. (laughs) The two of them, when it got to be their turn to speak, they said, yep. There are giants over there. But I'm not going to let by what I see move me. For we are well able to subdue subdue the land. And they went in and possessed the land. How about Daniel in the lion's den? You know that story? He wasn't supposed to pray or petition God or any other man for anything. While he's going in a lion's den. Well, sure enough, they laid a trap for him. He went up after he knew the decree had been signed three times a day just like he had before swung the doors open facing the east and he began to cry out and pray only to be the drug before the king and ultimately to be cast into the den of lions. Things don't look good to the natural eye but in the supernatural Daniel had a warm cozy place to lay his head and when that came the next morning, oh, Daniel, is the God whom you serve able to have delivered you? Yeah, he did. <laughs> and I'm here to tell you that same Lord is no respecter of persons. And he'll go in the fire with you. He'll part the waters. He'll be in the lion's den with you. He'll do what needs to be done. Only trust him. What was the common denominator in each of these stories? It was simply this. They were all faithful they were all obedient and because of their faithfulness and obedience they were all delivered not some of them all of them were delivered and if you'll be obedient and if you'll be faithful and consistent watch what God will do in your life and in your circumstance you missed a good chance to say amen Amen. (laughs) lastly the devil would love to give you the impression that your past failures are final and they're fatal. I shared with you last week how I preached for 15 years holding things against me that that God had forgiven me for 15 years earlier. Finally, when I got revelation of that and when I understood that He didn't just cleanse some of my sins. He cleansed them all, Mark. All of them. That sorry, no count sucker that I was became a new creation, became a new man. Those old things passed away. Those sins became white as snow because of the blood of Jesus. So don't you fall for the lie that your failures are, f- are final and fatal. I'll give you a few examples. How about Jonah? The Spirit of God spoke to him, just gave him one simple command. Arise, go to Nineveh, and deliver unto it the word that I'll give you. So Jonah arose, he went and bought a ticket, and went to Tarshish, which was the opposite way. He is in rebellion to God. And if we were to tell the truth, most all of us at some point in time, we have been running from God and been in rebellion to Him for what He's told us to do also. I love the fact that uh, after he got chunked overboard and a big old fish swallowed him up, he had another chance. He repents. As soon as that whale spit him up on dry ground or a big fish spit him up on dry ground, Lord spoke to him again. He says, get up. Go to Nineveh. This time he did. How about David? We've talked about this before, how he couldn't sleep one night. He was up walking the floor, looking out the window, looking over there at a beautiful woman named Bathsheba. and He wanted her. And he got her. Committed adultery with her. Compounded that sin by having her husband sent to the front lines. Winds up getting him killed and This is a man that's referred to as one of two men after God's own heart. This is a man that, after he repents, goes on to become one of the greatest kings Israel ever had. Well, what about the failure of Peter? We've talked about that many times, how the night that Jesus was betrayed, many believe that it was Peter that drew the sword and cut off the ear of the centurion. We don't know that for a fact, but many believe that. And he certainly had messed up a whole lot of other times prior to that. And, and he's about to mess up big time. When the, when God told him before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And guess what he did? He denied even knowing him. When that rooster crows, says Peter went out and wept bitterly. He repented. He got things right. And just a few days later, he stands and he preaches that classic sermon on the day of Pentecost. And there were 4,000 people saved. He repented. Samson, he's in disobedience. He's Nazarite and the Lord told him one thing. He said, one thing don't do. Don't tell anybody where your strength lies. That was like the time Brother Paul Snyder, Skeeter's daddy. I had a tough rattlesnake, a real one. And I had scared Skeeter with it pretty good. And Brother Paul saw he saw a Slug driving down the road. Am I telling the truth, Skeeter? And Brother Paul come walking up there to where I was, wiping the grease off his hand. He'd been doing some mechanic work. And he says, Brother Dennis, I need to ask you a favor. I said, Sure, Brother Paul. What you got? He says, Whatever you do, please don't scare a Slug with that snake. He said he'll faint. <laughs> I thought that was like saying Sick him. <laughs> <laughs> Slug gets out of his truck and he starts walking down there to me and I'm telling you he about as close as me as Nate and Skeeter there when he could tell as close you are. Stir up the gift that's within you and dare to walk in obedience. Duke and Skeeter and I've been talking pretty much all week long. Come on up, Nate. About people's New Year's resolutions and how so many people are wanting to do this and that. And a lot of people, Christians in particular, are saying, I want to be closer to God. I'm going to tell you a clear, short path how to be closer to God. Become obedient to the Word. When you walk in obedience... You'll begin to discover an intimacy. You'll begin to to discover a clarity of communication. You'll begin to experience the peace of God that surpasses understanding. You'll begin to see God work in ways that you've not seen before. You'll begin to see him do things in your life, through your life, and to others by your life. That you didn't think humanly possible and the truth of the matter is they're not humanly possible when God puts his super on your natural things happen and he will when you repent and when you walk in obedience to what he says would you bow your head as I close you're here in this place tonight and you say Dennis I've got to say that for by far too long I've allowed things and circumstances that I've seen with my physical eyes impact my spiritual walk. Whether it be the stock market or health issues or finances, whatever it is. You've, let, you've walked by sight and it's negatively impacted your spirit man. But tonight you're going to say I will no longer allow what I see To change what I believe and what I expect. If that's you, could I see your hand real quick? Slip it up. Yes, 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 yes. Get it up. Thank you. Some of you here tonight, you'd say, Dennis, I have lived under the condemnation that I've allowed the devil to put up on me because of past failures. Tonight, just like those stories that you quoted from the Bible, that I realized that it's as simple as turning to God and repenting. Meaning it with your heart. Being sorry. That he'll forgive you. And he'll restore you. And he'll use you to do great things. If that's you, could I see your hand in this place? Anyone, anywhere, slip it up. Yes, ma'am, anyone else, see Any me Get it up, you say, that's me, thank you, ma'am. Anyone, thank you, sir. Anyone else? It's your moment, your time. Quickly, say, that's me. I failed and I've been living under condemnation because of my failure, thank you, ma'am. Anyone else? Thank you, ma'am. Anyone else? Thank you, sir. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, Dennis, He talked about procrastination. I've been running from God for a long time. I felt him knock on the door of my heart and he's been beckoning me and wooing me to turn my life over to him. But I have procrastinated and ran. But tonight I'm tired of running. And you'd like to surrender your life to Jesus Christ tonight as your personal Savior. If that's you, could I see your hand? Anyone, anywhere. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Anyone else? Very quickly. You say, that's me, Dennis. In the balcony. Anyone? Very quickly. All right. Look up here at me. Everybody, please. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your patience. I realize I've gone a little longer than normal, but that's okay. Okay. word of God is very clear. It says that to those of you that are turning your life over to the Lord, if we believe in our heart, not just a head thing, but in our heart, if we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died in our place and shed sinless blood to redeem me back to holy God. he didn't stay dead that's the part I love to say he didn't stay dead walked out of that grave and he's alive today with the desire and the ability to cleanse your sins and to give you the gift of eternal life but you gotta ask and you gotta believe and then only you can receive so I'm gonna lead you in that prayer and then I'm gonna pray for the rest of you that raised your hand for being impacted by one of these other things but Don't just sit there and listen to me pray. Christians, are you praying and pray with me. And I expect to see good things in people's lives. So let's pray. Say, Lord Jesus, I've been running a long time. And I come to you tonight. And I do believe that you're God's son. That you love me. I don't really know why, but you love me. And you died for me. You walked out of a grave. And that you're alive today. So I ask you to forgive me of my sins. To cleanse me with your blood. To come into my life. And to be my Savior. Help me Lord. By the power of your Holy Spirit. To learn your voice. To learn your ways. So that I can live a life that's pleasing to you. In Jesus' precious name. Now, Lord, you saw many hands go up across here tonight confessing that they had allowed things that they saw and have been seeing to impact their level of trust and commitment to you. But they're saying tonight, no longer am I going to do that. So, God, I ask you to help them, to strengthen them, and to help them to bring captive the thoughts that will come when they see negative stuff. Help them to remember your word said. And that's more than enough. For those, Lord, that have bought the lie of the devil and been living under the condemnation of their past failures being their gloom and doom, that embrace the fact tonight they don't have to live that way, that there's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. But there's liberty and freedom So, Lord, tonight we ask you to come and to do what only you can in their lives. Right now, we ask you to do a miracle, Lord, and to set their mind free and their spirit free that they won't be bound up and weighted down and they won't buy the lie of the devil anymore. Lord, your word says that who you set free is free indeed. So we ask you tonight, Lord, that the chains be broken, the weights fall off, That as we leave this place tonight, we leave clean and filled with your Spirit. With new hope, new vigor, new vitality. Fill us, Lord, afresh with your Spirit. Use us in 2019, Lord, to spread your love. We'll be sure to say thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Love you. Thank you very much. God bless. Stay with us just a minute. Thank you, Pastor. God would you love coming to Open Range? Such a refreshing time. Uh, just a few quick announcements. The uh, tithe boxes are located by the doors. Um, so as you go out, just give as the Lord directs you. Um, prayer request list.